I've even got a level to which my ring doorbell, uh, if it detects motion, waits a little while and turns a light on randomly in the house, like if I'm out oh. to make it look like someone's in. It's oh, genius. Oh, that's the Home Alone program. <laughs> the Home Alone. <laughs> Hello. Mark Stedman here, and you are listening to List Envy. This is the podcast where I work with a special guest, and each week we build a top five list on a topic that they choose. Now, this week's guest is uh, an improviser, a comedy writer, uh, who's written for things off of the telly, um, and uh, just a, a, a great nerd and a uh, spectacular guest. Uh, this was Steve Dawson. Now, Steve... Um, was interested in talking about nerdy things that aren't really nerdy, or geeky things, if you like, that aren't really geeky, um, depending on which uh, title I, I choose to go for. The words are interchangeable, uh, I, I think. Uh, send your answers on a postcard if you disagree. But uh, we started the conversation by me asking him to give me his definition of what we might think of as nerd-slash-geek culture. Well, this is the interesting thing, because weirdly, as I started to think through this list, I realised that there is no... What I think is a geek nerdy thing, I think, has been flipped on its head. But I'll start with where I began, which was, um, I felt like it's a niche thing, right? Like, nerdiness is a niche thing, um, like something where you're passionate about something to an extent that someone else... Uh, would be like, I cannot give that time to that subject matter. Um, so, uh, you know, you might, uh, and obviously we associate it with like Marvel or Star Wars or anything like that. Um, and the the thing that I think is, you go, well, what about like Slash from Guns N' Roses, mm. who spent a huge amount of time, I imagine, I imagine he wasn't instantly good at the guitar. <laughs> Didn't he pick it up and just went, blah, blah, Oh, I'm so good. Let's start a band. And um, uh, so you look at Sash, and he's he, you know, that's a nerd. That's a nerd playing guitar because um, mm. he's he's passionate about it. He gives time. Um, but but we wouldn't consider him a nerd. So in like all this, this is what I'm, where my issue is is like lots of people do passionate things. Gandhi, Gandhi, <laughs> you know, um, mm. he was a nerd peace. for peace. Re- really loved peace yeah. and um, collected peace wherever he went. Absolute um, absolute peace geek. Peace geek, total peace geek, and um, but you, and that's the thing that you're passionate about. But there, there's some delineation which I cannot quite work out. Where you go, oh, it's, if if you love Line of Duty or, or mm. uh, something like that, that's fine. But if you're if it's Game of Thrones, that's a that's a problem. Like, or that's a, not a problem. That's a you're considered more of a geek or a nerd. I think I think that is a sensible line. Um, I think I get I have been um frustrated with that sort of the idea that there is and this is kind of why i pose the question this idea that there is one geek culture there is a yeah. monoculture um right and i think i think a few years ago it felt like that was the case i think when i think it's probably a result of the marvel films being basically the biggest films on the planet and the big bang theory which we'll talk about in a bit being uh you know the the most oh, popular spoilers yes indeed being the most popular sitcom of, of, of its time or whatever um I, I feel like there was a time then where it did feel like a monoculture, and I think we've split out from that now, yeah. which is, I, I think is good because so many of these things have become utterly mainstream. Um, but there's a thing I, I often come back to, which is one of these wall wall art things, and it's um, like a word art collage, um, and at, at, right at the bottom it says, uh, in this house we do geek. And it's right. just a list. It's just a 
kind of cynical list of you like these things. You're a nerd. You know, 42, you know, Discworld, um, you know, you know, a long time ago in a galaxy far, you know, the things you like. This is all in one thing. These are all the things you like. <laughs> I do feel like it's also just something I, I definitely think when people give you the, the name nerd or geek, it's because there's a world that they can't be bothered to learn about. Yeah. Like, that, then that's not a problem. But it's, it's like going, look, I can't watch all of Game of Thrones or I can't, you know, I, I can't read all of Terry Pratchett. There's, there's too much. It's too big an area. Um, and yeah, so I think any of that stuff where they kind of point, how do you stop quoting these things? You, and my jealousy about anyone quoting anything is that they can quote things and I <laughs> cannot remember anything. Yeah, I've got about five things that I can that I can quote. Um, and then after <laughs> that, I'm like, you know, the thing they said, the thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, in, in the film with the guy. Yeah. Uh, he was in that. Oh, no, he was in the other film. Um, you know, it's, yeah. One of those conversations. Um, I, I have to think one of the big things actually is also how attractive you are. I think there's this <laughs> for a long time. There's an effect like if you if you're quite hunky and you like Game of Thrones, then then maybe people are a bit like, oh, that's so cool. Why are you into that? <laughs> like, and we'll ask you questions on it. Whereas if 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 you're a bit more like of you know glasses and um you know a bit more nerd looking, then yeah. uh, people aren't that fussed. I've been. Uh, about, I, I think hmm. there's a lot. Uh, of credence to that actually um <laughs> i because i've been thinking about like the 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 sort of chimp mentality i saw this a couple of years ago when i was um part of a of an improv group and um auditioning with 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 a few people and i saw this guy who's sort of big big tall uh a sort of attractive looking man and i was a, aware in my in my lizard brain that like <laughs> I must please him. I must please the tall, attractive one because if 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 I curry his favor, then perhaps I will do well with the tribe. And I <laughs> yeah, bet you'll you become, you'll become join the alpha as yeah. maybe his his sub alpha. And I bet yeah. you there's a bit of that that's like if he likes if this attractive person likes the thing, then it's probably okay to like that and then I will become part of this and accepted by the other chimps in this. Uh, yeah, ex- exactly. There's a, I read a book on uh laughter by i think his name was robert r proving and he did loads of science experiments social science experiments and one of the things he noticed was that people it's a very straightforward thing but people laugh more uh, not at jokes but at the person mm. so so if you are the alpha in the group you will laugh everyone will laugh at that person and if the lower down the group you are the less people laugh at you and it's not to do with what you're saying the people might be saying exactly the same things but but it's just about the perceived position in the hierarchy uh, and that's, you know, um, that's a problem in my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we, why don't we get, um, get listicle? Uh, Let's do it. Uh, so what is your, of, of, of geek things that aren't geeky, what is your number one? My, my first one is, a, I think it's more of a personal gripe, mm-hmm. um, but is, uh, it's the most obvious one. It's Star Wars. Aha. Because a long time ago, <laughs> in the galaxy far, far away. I didn't mean to start like that. Um, I, w- I was working on a sketch show. I'm a writer. I, I write on various TV shows. And one, one of the sketch shows we were working on, I remember pitching ideas for Star Wars. And the response was, no, that's too niche. That's too nerdy, geeky. And my immediate response that I didn't say because I wanted to keep my job was like, that's ridiculous. This is the biggest film franchise in the world. It's not nerdy. Yet the perception of it is that you are if you're into Star Wars, then you, you care so much about this universe rather than that you just can enjoy the films. Like, I don't know that much about Star Wars. Yeah. But 
I quite but like you. the films. They're fun. I, they're great. They're fun. <laughs> yeah. They're good fun. And that's that's great. And I, I remember just, I looked up the statistics on this actually, and it's like 50% of Americans have seen Star Wars, or as close to 50% have seen Star Wars. 40% of Americans have passports. Oh, wow. So that makes that makes people with passports the nerds in my <laughs> mind. Those passport anoraks trying to go to other countries. Um, so like them. I know, I know, and it's and so it's odd that you know, and we don't do the same with Titanic, which I think is probably the biggest film of all time. And we're not like going, oh, you boat nerds. <laughs> yeah, like Avatar. Yeah, is was huge, and and for some reason he's continuing to make them, even though. No one really <laughs> no one asked for it. No. liked them, but yeah. I think those that do, they, they, again, maybe because it's it's fantasy and it's um, mating based with tales. I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I might not. I might be disproving my own, <laughs> my own theory with that one. Actually, yeah. Well, no. I think the interesting thing about Avatar on that is that um, it's it's so huge, and I uh, uh, by any metric, I cannot understand why. And also, it's <laughs> yeah. not the thing. It's not the thing that you go to any like nerd events and see people dressing up as like avatar characters it's not no. like loved in that way it's not like everyone's going oh i you know i'm uh i know everything about natiri like I, that's the only name i can remember <laughs> yeah. from the films um I, uh, yeah uh, it's, oh, it's almost yeah. a brute force approach like it was marketed so heavily and it was so expensive that we're like oh no we we obviously we we like it we must do because otherwise the five hundred million dollars has been spent on this thing. We must surely <laughs> It's too late now. There's no going back. We either throw another ten million into this or because surely I mean what I find odd is about um about his films, about James Cameron's films, is that he has done that every time. He's commanded the biggest amount of money. Like I think Terminator Two was the most expensive film ever made, which is odd because it's the sequel to a B movie. Yeah. Or, and and then he goes on and makes like Titanic, which is not even related to Terminator Two and a massive <laughs> disappointment if you were looking for a follow up film. Um and uh, and then, you know, and that's the most expensive film ever made. And then yeah, and then a long wait and then Avatar. Um or oh, and a series of underwater documentaries. But yeah. um but no it's it's his career is crazy because he's commanded 100 million, 200 million, 400 million, and God knows what for this next one. And everyone's gone, sure, I think you'll make it back. And somehow he does. And for not the reasons that I expect, which is no one, again, no one's running around with Avatar toys. And yet there is, yeah, there's, there's whatever, th three more films in the works and a whole Avatar world being built in, I think, Universal Studios? Is there? Right. Yeah, right. there is a real investment in us as the general public getting behind <laughs> this universe, and there's no evidence <laughs> that that has ever happened. But what I love is like the lowest rating film or the lowest income film uh, that everyone talks about, the biggest bomb, is, uh, what's it called? The Waterworld? Water Waterworld. Yeah. Yeah. And for about 20 years afterwards, maybe 30 years afterwards, Universal Studios had the Waterworld yes. stunt show playing. And you're like, I think this is the biggest screw you. To, like <laughs> Everyone's going, no, this was popular. This was popular. There's a stunt show. Why would people be coming to a stunt show if it wasn't about Waterworld? You know? um, and so there's this weird thing where they sort of weirdly recoup their money over time by just, you know, we'll just put it on our own theme park and then everyone will think it was a success in some ways. Probably fine. Yeah. Um, and also, I, just back to the Star Wars, the, well, one other thing I kept thinking about was the fact that I think we all know it. I think that a lot of it, even if you haven't watched it, you're aware of it. And that's something that's very rare in, in, in sort of what we consider no culture, because 
a lot of nerd culture is you you can't I couldn't name a lot of comic books that loads of other people love and I would consider that relatively nerdy um but so if you sort of compare it to something cool like uh I'm trying to think of something cool like the the Korean pop band BTS oh right? yeah sure like you yeah, know that's cool people love that you wouldn't consider them nerdy um but I bet the average person on the street can name more Star Wars characters than members of BTS. Yes. <laughs> you know? Um, so comparatively, I think BTS is for anoraks. Yeah, yes. Um, yeah, I, I still don't know if I've listened to um, BTS. I've, I've, no. I got into baby metal earlier last year. I've never heard of that. But yeah, it's a Japanese sort of um, uh, chip tune stuff with metal. Um, right. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it's quite nice. Good. Yeah. Oh, um. So my number one, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, just because okay. I've not seen that much of it. But I mentioned it before. It's the Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Right. Okay. Great. I resent the idea that this uh, is a uh, representative piece of fiction um, about <laughs> nerd people. And nerd right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um. It happens. It so happens that my favourite band is the band that do the theme tune. Um, Who's that band? It, the, it, that band is Bare Naked Ladies. Of co- uh, yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. Yes. Uh, I mean, they were my favourite band, uh, and then the lead singer <laughs> left. Um, anyway, uh, it's a good theme song, but the the series is. Um, I just find the whole premise that this is a celebration of real nerdery, that the actual things yeah. that make nerds tick, rather than the stereotypes of nebbishness or shyness uh, uh specifically not being able to talk to girls like yeah we get it we've we've had that all our lives we don't need yeah. that particular facet uh of 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 our perceived personality um to be <laughs> writ large on the screen yeah yeah no it's it's what's really interesting is it big bang theory has uh, i weirdly emphasized the word theory big bang theory <laughs> um to make it sound like an actual theory yes. um uh, is which it is, I guess. Now I think about the words. Uh, the um, that they they made something that became incredibly mainstream, and 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 the biggest sitcom, the biggest sitcom ever on a subject matter which, again, from from my experience in TV, when the IT crowd came out, the biggest worry was it's a bit niche. It's a bit. It's you know people talking about anorak kind of nerd culture, and no one's going to be into that. And then that did quite well. And then sort of Big Bang Theory came slightly after that as I feel like a little bit of a, the door had been opened by that, uh, by um, the IT crowd. And then Big Bang Theory happened and it was a huge success because I don't, I, I don't know. I like, why, why do you think people like it? Um, I think, I mean, it's, it's, I like a lot of um, the sort of 22 minute American comedies. Um, yes. And, and, and the, the example I would give that I think is far more true and deferent and respectful of that kind of culture is a show like Community. Great. Okay. Um, yeah. But a, a sort of a, the, the multicam sitcom thing, you know, there's, there's a place for that. Um, and I think a lot of it is it's, it's, it's comforting. It's not particularly challenging. Um, and there are big, broad characters that you can have fun with. Mike Shaw has done that with the single camera format with, yes. you know, co, um, uh, 
co-creating the the reboot, uh, the American reboot of The Office, and then Parks yeah. and Rec, and you know, yada yada. And he had a multicam sitcom last year that he co-wrote that I really enjoyed, and that was again big, broad characters. Um, everything's tied up in in you know, sort of eighteen minutes, and it's, right. it's sweet and nice. Um, and it got cancelled. Um, oh, that's a show. So that was a Mike Shaw one. Yeah, what um, was that? It was a co-creation. It was called Abby's. Oh, I never heard of that. I will. I will have to look that up. Um, it had Natalie Morales is one of my favourite um, actors. Uh, she's she's really cool. She was the the sort of um, yeah she's star of star of the show. But it was um, yeah in that kind of sense of uh, characters that you can. Um, put you know, and, and I think maybe something like Big Bang Theories. Lots of people like to say that they're a geek about certain things. Yes, and there are things that people don't like to say they're a geek about. No one's going to admit to being a nerd about football, but almost every football fan is because the things they know are so detailed. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. My my brother's really into football, and and, and he so he works with me uh, when we write, and and when we go to meetings, he knows people by their team rather than any other information, and so can immediately strike up a conversation with anyone in a room, and it's so impressive because he'll just dive straight into, oh, so I, I know nothing about football, so these words will be wrong, but you know, <laughs> oh, so I see Arsenal bought a footballer, um, <laughs> and um, and and they will start chatting about something. You go, oh, you've created an instant bond. That's really depressing. <laughs> I can't do that. I, in the same way, if you came in and just went, I mean, sometimes you can. Sometimes you come in and go, "Oh, do you see the latest Star Wars?" But it's very rare that you sort of go into the depth of going, "Oh, actually, I know that you really love um, Back to the Future." Um, so let me open with a Back to the Future fact. Uh, it is. It's um. It's a short. It's a. It's a real shortcut to uh, towards just yeah, creating that creating that bond. Um, and and so, but I think people see. And I have talked a lot about Big Bang Theory now in a way that I didn't expect. But people, um, I think they they like to think they are geeky about certain things. And so they like to be able to pick little bits of these broad characters and say, that one's me. You know, I'm such yes. a Rachel. Um, <laughs> Rachel from Big Bang Theory. Yeah. Rachel from, famously from from Big Bang Theory. Yes. Um, and, and I think that's part of the right, Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the other thing is we, I think in the history of comedy, we do sort of like laughing at the underdog a little bit. I mean, we, we want to support them, but also we like being there's a super superiority to bring back that book which i didn't realize mm. i'd be referencing so much there is definitely an element of you know we laugh when people fall over that's the it, and that part of that goes back to being a a sort of uh, early man and seeing trying to create a hierarchy again and seeing somebody who has done something stupid so everyone goes oh you're better than that stupid guy let's all laugh at the stupid guy um so yeah so i, I think there is an element of also we're not these people um, we're not that nerdy, no humans that nerdy sort of thing, uh, which is, I, I think, the biggest criticism as well, which is this is not how people really act. Yes, none of this um, is one thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. None of this, is, which is what you're right with community. You just go, these are aspects of humans. These are aspects of our, all of our characters, of, of, of the nerd character. And it wasn't all just piled onto Abed either. Um, yeah. There was a, a, a moment, for whatever reason, I always come back to with uh, Britta, where she's talking about a podcast where all three people have got a similar name. And she just, she looks at everyone, you know, expectantly. Says, it's all right, guys. They address it. And like, <laughs> so nerdy about something. And it was just, you know, she, she, he, Dan Harmon didn't give that all to the one, you know, to the one character. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's a very, um, it's a much better representation of a nerd. Absolutely. I got a little bit overexcited there and bashed my microphone. So. <laughs> That's okay. Mm, what is, uh, what's your number two? My number two. Um, okay. This is a very straightforward one, but synthesizers. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. So I came from a sharp side angle there. Um, because 
I think I I I used to do a lot of music stuff. Uh, I still do for fun. Uh, I have a lot of friends who are into this sort of stuff, and we we can talk about CVs, LFOs, and oscillators uh, all our lives till the cows come home. Till the cows cows come home. Um, and uh, and if you do that, obviously that's very very nerdy. Um, I think that's a relative. I think we can all agree that. Mm. Um, mm. But but if you then think about it, that means that the, that a list of nerds includes like chain smokers and Calvin Harris and the prodigy. Yeah, <laughs> you know all these people who we've grown up love are part of like the the dance scene the punk metal you know electro scene all of that is absolutely mainstream mm. yet somehow we don't attribute the synth nerdery um label to those people i i'm really taken with that that's something that had never occurred to me because yes it's one thing talking about the uh, the nerd guitarist, the the, the slash, because like there is absolutely the opposite to that. Um, yes, yeah. there are the what's a uh, so-called Pro Tools bands who are basically not that musically gifted and require, yes. you know, uh, rely on a lot of um, a lot of tweaking. Um, Kaiser Chiefs and bands like that, I think. Um, and to to analyze it from from a, a nerd perspective and see how absolutely nerdy you have to go and because it is also a technical thing as well a synthesizer uh it just it, it adds to the to the level of nerdery somehow because it's got knobs and buttons and things that go beep <laughs> well and it's and it's one of those things that if you listen to any song in the charts the only way it can be made is with a synthesizer so so any you know uh, billy eilish i think is a great example actually because it's her and her brother and they make music in their bedroom and they always have done um, oh, weird fun fact though. I didn't realize Billie Eilish's mum uh, used to be in a used to write stuff with Will Ferrell. Oh wow! Used to um, she used to be a uh, part of the. Uh, I'm talking to an imp- uh, to a nerd, uh, nerd, an improv nerd, uh, and uh, yeah, she used to be uh, Second City. Oh, um, so uh, and show her and Will Ferrell. There's st- videos of her online doing little skits with him, uh, which is amazing. So that's her mum. Apparently, she also had some rule at home, which was. If you want to stay up late, you can only do it if you're writing music. Oh, good mum. Good mum, right? And so so he so Phineas, her brother, um, he would sit down and like create loads of stuff. She would write stuff. And then by the age of whatever it was, you know, I mean she's only been famous like twelve months anyway, but um they've been able to throw out a huge amount of uh brilliant pop hits. But that is still two people in their bedrooms on computers. For him, certainly on on the, I assume both of them, tweaking soft synths, you know, um, yeah, that is top of the charts, and you would not, I would not call Billie Eilish uh, nerdy. No, there was a sorry, I feel like I keep going back to work, which I shouldn't do. It feels very self indulgent, but there was a a project we worked on for for Sky, which was um for their Urban Myths, um, and I was the soundtrack was really amazing. I we, we sort of kept away from that kind of side of things and I was in the pub afterwards with the guy who composed it and it's this big orchestral piece and um he's he's done bits on other films and I was like this is really exciting and thanks for doing it and I was like how essentially how could we afford an orchestra and he was like we we couldn't <laughs> like this is this is me going in at every level on every instrument and telling the computer exactly how the violin bow should move mm. or exactly how um, you know, it's it's literally programming an orchestra to play exactly as you want it to play, and and, he, and also knowing the limitations to go, as I'm sure you found, like as the moment you start to 
okay, these notes don't sound right, so let's not play these notes. Yes. Or this, um, or, or this instrument is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. Or you can't modulate this too much. You can't, you know, you want to create a bit of vibrato, but if you go over the top, then it becomes utterly, you know, you, you get that uncanny valley thing and the illusion is broken. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, because I, you know, with any of this stuff, thinking about the prodigy and Liam Howlett, you, you think how much time, again, have all, it's, it's back to the sort of, slash thing but you know how many hours has someone like liam howlett spent programming on a sampler that he didn't spend talking to girls yeah you know um which again i probably came back when he became a pop star that's fine fixed itself but um or like or like yeah equally like Jimi hendrix i wouldn't consider a nerd but must have sat down and spent hours learning those incredible skills he's got and instead of like i don't know drinking cider in a park um yeah You don't get that good just innately. You, you're not born being cool and being able to play the guitar. No, no, exactly, exactly. I'll, I'll tell you my favourite... Oh, sorry, I've just not my mic, mic in <laughs> excitement as well. Um, my favourite um, nerd music fact as well, which I, I came up, I can't remember this year or last year, but was about Kanye West, which was that... I don't know if you've read this, but he programmed a computer game at school because he started this, you know, he, he's crazy and starts far too many companies, but he, um, he made this game recently. Um, but one of the stories that came out when he did it was that he loved programming games as a kid, which it's Kanye West. You're like, who is this guy? Mm. Like, this doesn't sound like the Kanye West I know. Yet the video game he made uh, was about a giant penis fighting ghost vaginas. Okay. And that's what he did at school, um, which, again, I, I imagine he came through a quite a nerdy upbringing, but somehow became this sort of hip hop legend kind of status cool character. I say cool. It's Kanye West. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is. Wow. Um, I, I've just written uh, and, and built a, a text adventure game. Um uh, sadly, there are no penises in it, but um, I uh, yeah, you can update it. I can. Um, well, <laughs> what ended up happening <laughs> is um, I, I was late getting uh, some Christmas presents to some people purely right. because I couldn't figure out what to get them. Um, and I thought, I know, I'm, I'm, these are the people that I used to record a podcast with, so I'm going to make a text adventure game where the, you have to get us all, you have to be me and get everyone together <laughs> uh, to record a final re- um, uh, uh, what's the word reunion episode. That's great. Um, and I couldn't find the right game engine to make the game that i wanted right because uh, i tried the big one that everyone talks about which is called twine twine um, yeah yeah and i was like okay it makes sense you've got these branching stories and stuff but then when you look at the game it gives you the options that you can go for and i don't want that it's got to be a text adventure game you've got to be yeah. able to have that complete trial and error of like can i take things yeah. can i punch this <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly that's part of the fun um and and so i ended up building the entire engine myself uh, <laughs> and then building the game on top of it what is your what is your number three then? Um, my number three is um, collections. Oh, because again, I think there's a big del- the, making that delineation between what is a nerd collection and what isn't. Like if you um, if you collect antiques, that's respectable, right? Uh, if you collect like d- die cast replica Marvel characters, then you're a nerd. If you collect shoes, you're fashion conscious. Exactly. Paintings, you're a millionaire. <laughs> you know, um, um, fictional maps of Westeros, then nerd. You know, um, body parts, serial skin. Killer. There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yay! It's a mind meld. Um, um, and yeah, so I think there's there's so many. Or oh, if you pick porcelain pigs, oh. that's the other <laughs> one. Then you're pro- you're probably a friend of my mum's. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's. There's a big 
separation between what you collect. But I don't understand why, if it's from a comic or a TV show or anything else, that's nerd. Um, I mean, part of me says this because I grew up with a... I thought... I, I, I hedged my bets wrong. I thought Ninja Turtles would be <laughs> worth a lot in the future. <laughs> Um, so you, you James Cameron to your uh, your your yeah. t- turtles um, fandom. Yeah, so I just I just held on to every possible thing and bought more and more of it, even when it got to an age where it was like, Steve, you should stop playing with Ninja <laughs> Turtles right now. Um, and I had everything from like that blimp to the sewer set. Um, there was a, there was even like a motorized pizza thrower thing that fired pizzas that you weren't supposed to fire at cats but i did um and you're just like so that makes me sound like a very cool person yeah. i wasn't actually i never hit them um it was only our, our cat um she was fine with it she loved turtles the um um but but it was a really i, I was really into i thought this is like okay i sold some star wars stuff at a car boot sale i really regret that I shouldn't have done that. And this was my sort of later in life. That was when I was like seven or something. So this was a couple of years later. Like, don't do that again. Hold on to these things. They're going to be worth so much. I watched so many antique shows where people have brought on a childhood toy or collection and they've made, you know, tens of thousands. I thought, this is, this is my retirement, right? Um, and then eBay comes along mm. and screwed it for all yep. of us. Yeah. Because my collection was not a nerd collection, technically. It was a financial, uh, sure. it was a really good, solid financial um idea that's right smaug yeah <laughs> and it's it's like it's so uh such a shame that ebay uh came along because that now you can just you can just find anything you want where's the where's the where's the thrill of the chase um in terms of collecting yeah. um there is uh, there is an interesting uh aspect to what to the judgment of of a collection um and i think there's there's the sort of almost meme idea of if you've got a couple of things like I don't know um you you meet someone who you see uh, like a family member and you see them a couple of times a year and they they come over to your to, to your house and um you you've got a t-shirt on that says uh I don't know, it's got the Game of Thrones logo on it um yeah, yeah that person then makes an instant connection of right okay I never know what to buy this person now I always know yes. what to buy this person. Yeah. And before you know it, you've now got a mug collection of just Game of Thrones mugs. Oh, you see, I get really upset with my friends who don't have those things <laughs> because I'm like, what, what am I going to do? What, what do I get you for Christmas? Because I don't know your life inside out. Unless you're my, like my family or my girlfriend. Like, I can't pick presents for people. I'm terrible at it. Um, whereas if, yeah, if you've got, <laughs> if you've got a, um, if I once saw, if you once said to me that you uh, liked, um, I don't know, uh, Breaking Bad. I will. I will buy you a sticker from Breaking Bad. Yep. <laughs> and there we go. We're all friends. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 worked for me uh, with with a, a a couple of friends of mine that I in my office uh, where I'm recording now. I have uh, Saul Goodman's uh, diploma on my wall. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and I also have the burnt teddy bear <laughs> that was given to me as a housewarming gift. <laughs> Brilliant. That's exactly that. That's exactly the right thing that they should be doing. I looking at you. Pigeonholing you. It's just a tag. Something based on we that all need a tag. Yeah. That's, you know, just floating above our heads. That's what this person is or likes. <laughs> There's your thing. <laughs> There's Christmas sorted for that person. I'm just going to update my Facebook so it just says Steve Dawson likes. You know, uh, I don't know. What do I like? Just likes keyboards. There you go. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, you, robots used to be the thing that people used to get me. Mm. They're like, oh, Steve 
likes things with robots in, so they get me things with robots. And I'd be like, oh, cool, I collect robots now. <laughs> um, and I have four. Uh, <laughs> that's a collection. Yeah. So, well, yeah. Uh, like, I have four plates. I collect plates. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm collecting um, gra- grains of salt. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I keep losing them all, though, on food. Um, <laughs> my, my luck is, is very bad. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, so all right. My, my, my next one, and we, we've talked about it uh, a couple of times, is, is, is the Game of Thrones. Uh, there we go, the Game of Thrones. Yeah, um, because it's, it, it was, I think, the most popular TV program. Um, right. Because uh, it was second to The Walking Dead. Um, which I, I mean, again, I, I could have put on this list to be honest. Um, yeah. But you, ca- I think, with a lot of these things, uh, I think possibly with everything we've talked about that is has that kind of mainstream appeal, you can dive deep into the nerdery of it. Um, yes. You can find out what all of these different men with beards actually do. Um, <laughs> you can eventually learn which family everyone belongs yeah. to. Uh, and, and at some point you, you realise someone does have magical powers, um, but uh, uh, otherwise you're just looking at, you know, the tits and the penises and the dragons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which was I, re- I think was the original title for the yes, show. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, yeah, and so on, on, a, on a level, we're, we are kind of just enjoying the, the pretty colours and the, and the slashing and the, and, and, the, and the boobies and the penises. But <laughs> there are those that want to take it that, that you know, next level and, and tell you how it's diverged from the books in an unsatisfactory way. And, uh, and you know, <laughs> yeah. but that's not most of us. Um, and it is, yeah, it's, it's like the most watched, or not, not most watched, but the most popular uh, of, of its type. And... Uh, yeah, it's you. You can dive into that nerdery if you want to, but it absolutely can be consumed without having to do that. Yeah, well, that it opens an interesting door to the another element of nerdery, which is the critique of things, which is the display of how much information you know. Sort of like a peacock showing its yes. feathers. This is like this is me showing you exactly how many specific books I've read in this genre, or or how many comic books I've read about batman's history um and that you can it's a weird thing that i think i i totally respect the pride that people have for remembering so much information because i can't and and i can't read a book and remember all those like tiny bits where you go oh hang on that didn't that was in the series but now in the book i will just rewrite the book in my mind once i've watched the series and go oh yeah that's probably what happened in the book um and Whereas there's so many people who've got that incredible skill, which they should maybe keep to themselves sometimes, but it's, it's still quite an impressive, uh, impressive like mental feat um, where they feel like they have to prove that they know something or, or go, you know, imagine working on Doctor Who, but imagine coming in uh, as Chris Chibnall and working on Doctor Who and being like, he knows the level of nerdery that people are into with Doctor Who and how many episodes people have memorised, including the ones that were missing. And yet somehow he um, has to make a TV show that doesn't upset most of those people. That's a, that is a job in its own right, let alone writing a TV series. Like, that's an incredible skill. Yeah, it's, it's like um, that, that world has existed for, that universe has, has existed for so long. It's sort of calcifying in, in a way that it was sort of more fluid because we didn't know so much. So you, you absolutely had... Uh, so uh, another example of this is um, I spent a little bit of time doing some work experience back in the day on the archers, and oh, brilliant. Um, 
the, so for, for anyone who doesn't know, this is a very, very long-running radio um, soap, basically. Um, and the one of the... So I was in the writer's room, um, and yes... Um, <laughs> the gag swung the, Oh, well, God. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> just, you know, they, they, they had the story wheel, um, the story circle. Um, well, the, the table in front of them was, was a giant map of Ambridge, this fictional village. Brilliant, and and I, you know, I thought, oh, that's really cool. You know, the, the you know the level of detail that's gone into this, and the the director was like, yeah, it's the bane of our lives. Some fan made this um, wow. thirty years ago or whatever it was, and now we all have to adhere to it. Now we can't just say, oh, I don't know any of the names. Uh, Ted lives next to Gwyneth, and next week it's like he it takes him ten minutes to walk to Gwyneth's house. You can't do that now because everybody <laughs> knows there's a map that exists. <laughs> I just love that anyone cares that much about the archers. Yes. Oh, they do. Um, oh, they do. Because, yeah, the same happens with Neighbours as well. Mm. Like, I, I think that's any soap that's been going so long. You must, so many people have had children and you've got to try and remember who's had children and what people have said and what storylines have been done. And I don't think anyone can hold that in their head. I don't think anyone can hold a spreadsheet big enough to know, where, you know, to reference back and find out who who's, was married to who and all of that stuff. It's like, it must be a nightmare. Well, Taking um, it to uh, taking it back to Game of Thrones, um, George R. R. Martin yeah. famously has like a couple of people that are are his outboard brain that remember all of right. the law because he can't. <laughs> so he will consult them. He he has his own living Game of Thronesopedia that he can talk to and be like, would this Baratheon marry this Targaryen? And they can be like, well, actually, uh, the Treaty of you know. And, I love that. I I love that he's even. Got, he's admitted to the fact. I I don't remember why. Really. Look, lads, I, I just write this stuff. I'm not a nerd about it. Is he? Is he what? Yeah, is he a Stark? Was he a Stark? <laughs> I can't remember. Like he's he's writing it with the same memory that I have when I watch it. Of just going, who are they married to? No, I probably. Um, um, and yeah, it's the the one that's really interesting in that world to me. I think which. In a weird way, is is Tolkien mm. when he was coming up with the the Lord of the Rings stuff, which is. I just think it's a fascinating story. When you look at it from the outside, it's a man who was passionate, created this incredible world, cared about the book he was writing, um, created languages, all of this sort of thing. If you look at the time scale of it and imagine, because I think didn't him and like C.S. Lewis meet up in a pub in Oxford? I think yeah, there like, were there were friends um, who uh, who knocked around Oxford for for a long time. Yeah, and I imagine C.S. Lewis is there writing these kind of crazy mental drug filled books and Tolkien's there um, coming in uh, Tolkien's there sort of saying he's going how's your book going uh, or Tol- but Tolkien's being asked how's your book going and he's going well I haven't started it but I have come up with the language <laughs> and then like 10 years later going so any progression have you got a protagonist <laughs> have you worked out the plot game I've, d- I've done the maps it was 20 years I think from sort of starting to doing it if you imagine one of your friends has been saying they've been writing a book for 20 years you'd be like yeah give up mate uh, like, i'm 10 years in now i've just figured out how to conjugate uh in in elvish yeah exactly exactly and then going mate you're, you're procrastinating you're pro- <laughs> stop it just get on and write the book just pick a name what's the lead character called is is it david call him david just let, whatever happens you know i'm in the process of writing a writing a book at the moment and um, Are you? I've, I've actually i mean i've finished the main writing part uh, and i'm, I'm yeah. sort of going over with the red pen and doing doing all the edits and stuff before i send it out to beta readers and um which is weird doing it with red pen because you're doing it on a computer yes, as well so absolutely <laughs> really mucking up the my, screen my, my screen is an absolute mess i'm gonna have to get a new screen <laughs> um yeah it's, it's a problem when you scroll because then you lose all the 
another reference of what the red pen means. Um, yeah, and uh, like I, I'm well aware that what I've ended up creating is a universe. Uh, like I absolutely know yeah. that this is one potential book of many, uh, and and it's taking all I can do to to not like basically start writing all of the other books because i've actually got to finish one of them first right right okay yeah so i've sort of got i've got reverse procrastination in well no it is still procrastination because i'm not actually finishing the book i'm writing instead i'm planning the next one and the next one after that <laughs> that's good that shows you've got ideas that shows the, the book's full of chock full of like a world that other people will probably want to explore all you need to find now is a guy to remind you what you've written yes. Um, and then hopefully you can get through the rest yeah, of it. It'll be all right. It'd be good if you could just write stuff and give it to somebody else, and they could just like fix it. Yes, please. <laughs> that would be a that would be a good thing. Uh, a good job. It probably is. A job. <laughs> it probably is. I probably do it. <laughs> What's um, your number four? Yeah. So my number four. Um, it's a new one to me, but Comic Con. Ah. So I hadn't been to anything like that before, and uh, my my girlfriend is also a geek uh, and very much into comic. Uh, comic world uh, and and all of those films has a great memory for that sort of thing um and we went along to i, I got it as a present to go along to one we couldn't we couldn't get to the first well, i booked it in london actually we couldn't get to one of the days of that so i was like uh, that our weekends have been accidentally booked up boring story and then um but then i was like well where you live in birmingham they also do it and there was one a bit earlier so we kind of booked into that and that was my first ever comic-con and then actually we were able to go to the second one we went to that and actually another recent one they had simon Pegg who's like just down the road from me in east mm. london and i was like oh, i'll just go to that so i've been to like three in one year now having never been before um and there's nothing better than just wandering around and seeing like an entire family dressed as annabelle the scary doll <laughs> oh wow and, or like or like just you know people dressed as a family dressed the incredibles or whatever it's such it's weirdly such a family event and i don't think it's ever pushed out as that that when you get there you go oh no this is full of like there's areas to play computer games there's all of that sort of stuff and i find it so fascinating that like you know is is dressing up in a costume that nerdy um I, you know, again, it all depends on the costume, doesn't it? Mm. But like, if it's Halloween, then then you know you you dress in some fun costume. What's the difference between that and going to another place? And also identifying with other people. And also, again, it's all about Star Wars, Game of Thrones, and as you say, all these big things that are the biggest things in the world. Um, so it's no wonder that event is getting bigger and bigger every year, um, internationally and in its own individual shows, because. The, the franchises are the biggest things in the world, so who wouldn't want to go along and see that? Um, yeah. Oh, also, actually, interesting, there's a, there's a pub near me, which is this very um, scary-looking pub, and you can't see in it, and it's got these sort of frosted glass windows, so it looks terrifying. And I've always wondered what happens <laughs> in there. Um, and me and my girlfriend have been so tempted to go, because we're like, we think this might be the nice pub in the mm. area, because none of the others are great. Um, and we're like, well, let, let, we should go in. And anyway, did not, um, have never dared do it. And then one day I was on Instagram and I found, uh, I was looking at Instagrams from where I live, um, in Plasto. And, um, I saw this picture of somebody in like crazy costume in like big flamboyant, um, almost like uh, anime style costume. And it was like, we're going to this pub tonight. <laughs> and I was like, no, not in that <laughs> 
but and then it turns out I, I follow a bunch of links. There's a huge um, games group who meet ah. every week and have done for like 15 years in the back of this pub. Um, and they have they have the occasional times when everyone goes and dresses up, and I was so excited, and we've still not <laughs> been along on that night, partly because I'm too scared because I think they'll be too into it. But but the rest of the pub, if you saw everyone else who left, you'd be like, they must be so confused on a Thursday <laughs> night when when all these people kind of wander in, uh, either in nerdy t-shirts or or in these flamboyant costumes. I think you've hit on it with 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 Comic Con in in sort of. And and with with those kind of nights is the the reason I think they are so popular. And I think the thing that possibly mollifies me around that idea of geek culture uh, as being this homogenous identity, I think I think what it is is a is a, a a place of safety and a place of judgment. It's not that we all care about the same thing. It's not that you know because I, I went to Dragon Con, which is uh, in Atlanta in 2015. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I, you know, there were a, a few references that I picked up on. Like there were a few shame nuns from um, Game of Thrones, and so they had a shame off where they were they they both had <laughs> bells and they were ringing them and going shame shame, and then they were trying to just ring the bell as much as they could until one of them got tired. Um, and there were Deadpool's everywhere, and I didn't know what a Deadpool was <laughs> at the time. Right? Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought it was a Spiderman. It, it was a Deadpool, which is a different thing. There's definitely a thing when the guy drew Deadpool. Of, of just sort of going, is it too? No, it's not. It's, fine. it's not too close yeah. to Spider Man. It's fine, isn't it? Um, and, and but but sort of, I think what's great about that is not the fact that you're supposed to know all of the things. It's the fact that no one, like, it it, it should be a safer place that no one's going to judge you for being really nerdy about one particular thing, and you you will probably be rewarded for the level of detail. Uh, to which you know a particular thing. You know, you, you come dressed as a really obscure character or a reference from a podcast. Um, yeah. And, you know. I think the joy in walking up to somebody who is wearing something that not many other people know and saying, I actually know who you are, is is actually a huge level of joy. I think there's something great in that as well. And, and I think it, the other thing is, whose life is better? Is it the person who is grumpy and staying at home and watching Strictly? Or is it the person who actually gets to be a stormtrooper yeah. for, for the day? I, for, for me, definitely, I want to be a stormtrooper. And I love it because they, the, they have even the little voice kind of yeah, effect do. going on. And somebody walked past and I just saw, um, <clears throat> I saw somebody, I saw a stormtrooper walk past a kid dressed in a Harry Potter outfit and, and made some Harry Potter reference through the technology. <laughs> it sounded brilliant. I was just so pleased. It was just such a nice moment of connection between probably what is a, you know, nerdy 45-year-old man and a nerdy, like, 10-year-old. It was just a great connection. Like, very sweet. I love it. Uh, so my number, well, so this is my number five. Um, and we, we've sort of talked about this, is, is board games. Right, yes. Yes, board games. Um, yeah, and and you know possibly card games as well. Uh, I played um, Exploding Kittens with my nephews and my family yesterday, oh, um, and I love that game. Um, and yeah. you know that that came out of a nerd comic, uh, effectively. You have to remind it. me of the rules because I have played it before. But how does it how does it uh, work? The the object is that you do not explode. So if you um, so everyone pulls a card, um, and you can if you've got a card and you want to put it down, you can do. But you always must draw, uh, draw a card, uh, unless for one specific reason you don't draw anyway. But if you draw a card, I also like the life rule of 
do try not to explode. Yes, exactly. Um, it's a good life. If, yeah, if you draw an exploding kitten card, then you're out of the game unless you have this one other specific type of card um, right. that allows you to put the exploding kitten back somewhere in the deck. Uh, for the next person yeah. to explode, um, and then there's other little things you can do. Like you can uh, see, you can take a peek at the next three cards in the deck. If you've got the right card, you can um, steal someone else's cards and and various things like that. Um, and it's just really fun. And it's what's nice is the cards are all printed. That like the number of times I actually just said to them, um, "Well, just do what it says on the card, and and you'll be grand." <laughs> um, you actually don't yeah. need to know. There's only a couple of mechanics you need to just know. The cards otherwise tell you exactly what to do. Oh, that's um, brilliant. And so it's really accessible. Um, and, and this came out of Matthew Ingram's... Uh, In- Ingram's or In- Inman? Inman. Inman? Right. Inman. Um, <laughs> Let's go yeah, with that. Uh, the, um, what was... If only there was some sort of technology we, we could look this stuff up. up on. But there isn't. Um, the, the oatmeal. Uh, we, we can never know. Um, yeah, it was, the oatmeal <laughs> was his comic. And uh, he, he created this and kickstarted it. And, uh, you know, I've got a few games like that. Um, Cards Against yeah. Humanity. Um, right. But then you, you can get on to... Um, and, you know, there are board game conventions and board game nights and people really get into the hobby of board games, I think is a different thing. Like, if board games are one of your hobbies, that is a different thing from just let's play a, you know, a Ticket to Ride or something. Yeah, I love it. I, lo- I love getting together with friends and playing board games. The only times I struggle with it is when a friend has a very particular board game where you're like going, it, it will take me years to learn the rules of this game you sort of unfold this sort of massive scroll of notes on how to play it and you're like i i need my game to be relatively like if i can just pull a picture of a cat out and either the cat's exploded or the cat's not exploded yep. that's a great simple game for me whereas if 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 i have to if there's some tactics or something i remember playing risk i you know i don't mind risk actually but i remember playing risk at university and it would always get to like two in the morning and you'd be like going are we still playing <laughs> risk how is this happening i i've never played monopoly um right, I'm quite right. quite i think i think i'm proud of the fact that i've I've managed my 36 <laughs> nearly 37th year on the planet and never played monopoly yeah i used to play game of life uh which i felt was like oh, yeah, um, stupid person's monopoly <laughs> hey do you want to play uh do you want to play monopoly for idiots yeah <laughs> but the other thing is we i started i played that with my nieces uh last christmas and and um uh, I think my problem with it now is it's a little bit gendered. Like it's a little bit like just uh, you marry mm. a partner who normally is husband and wife, and there's there's slight things where about like you know I can't remember. I think they've changed it a little bit, but like who has the baby and all these sort of things or whatever that they're implied in a lot of the stuff. And you're like going, ah, we, maybe we can genericize this a bit more. <laughs> maybe this bit. should be a bit more, <laughs> you know, uh, fix it a bit more, but. No, yeah, definitely. I, I, getting together with friends and playing board games or playing parlor games or anything like that are just the best. Yeah, nights. and again, like it can be, you can get nerdy, and you know, you if you have a board game collection and you enjoy, I think if you enjoy the aspect of learning the rules, if that's what excites you, uh, and, and I'll yeah. say that without judgment, I just have a cynical voice, so it sounds like I'm saying it with judgment. <laughs> but if that's what you enjoy, then you know that is where the the, the nerdery and the geekery comes in. But you know, I love playing Articulate. Um, oh, you know, yeah. it's one of my, it's become one of my favourite games, and there are just lots of those kind of things that are that just become accessible, and and um, and so yeah, it absolutely doesn't have to be geeky, but you can make it. If and you do you know what's definitely worse than board games oh. is try, is trying to make conversations. Yes, 
Yes. Like you've got friends who you've known for a long time and you've spoken about everything, you know, everything that's going on. And maybe you don't want to bring some stuff up yeah. that might be troublesome or you don't want to talk about something from your life because there's all this history between the two, two of you. And then you go, should we all play a game? Then you can laugh and joke about something that's entirely separate. And it sparks new conversations, new dynamics in your family that you never knew were there. <laughs> I think they're great for that. Uh, so what is your number five? Uh, simply knowing how to use new technology. Ah, that was my number six. <laughs> was yeah. it? Was it? Amazing. Because it all shifts and you start in the 60s where if you were like, if you could program a computer Mm -hmm. or if you could make a computer, you were the biggest geek. Mm -hmm. And now sending a picture on your phone (laughs) is considered the most standard, most normal mainstream thing you can do, you know, using Instagram. But the idea that what Instagram is actually doing is it is taking images from a camera, converting it into a, a, you know, into data, sending that data down through through a sort of wireless network, through a port to another data center. You go, all that technology is, there was a point where people would be like, oh, you nerd, you know how to email. Mm-hmm. You know? And now, of course, we all know how to email. Um, just every time a new technology comes out, even internet dating, there was a point where the concept of internet dating was like so sad. Like you are the saddest person for doing internet dating, even though definitely think it's like the most efficient system where you go, can I just show you a picture of me? Do you like me? <laughs> and then, and they go, no. And you go, fine, thanks. Don't, don't mean to trouble you. <laughs> Versus going up to somebody and spending a year obsessing over them and then finally asking them out and them saying no. It's much more efficient to have that instant denial. Um, and all these fears, even, even like podcasts that we are on right now, there is something about this technology, which used to be really difficult to get to, really inaccessible. And now most people I think can't can't live without um i remember the biggest the, the huge fear years ago for internet banking and and spending money online when that started in like two late 90s 2000s and everyone was terrified about putting their bank details in because um it felt so alien because you don't know what's happening to them yeah bill gates is looking at them yeah exactly bill gates is gonna he's gonna look at your bank details he's gonna be buying stuff that's why he's got so much money yeah he keeps stealing he's, us <laughs> he's stealing ours yeah he's created a direct debit from all of us and um, and everyone freaked out about it. And there was a uh, there was a really good thing that um, uh, Douglas Adams, I remember, said at the time when everyone was freaking out about it and going, "What if people commit cybercrime and all this sort of stuff?" And um, and he said something. I've uh, I've got it here somewhere. Uh, yeah, news news re- newsreaders still feel it's it is worth a special and rather worrying mention if, it, for instance, a crime was planned by people over the internet. They don't bother to mention when criminals use the telephone or the M4 mm-hmm. or discuss their dastardly plans over a cup of tea. <laughs> Though each of those things does, uh, uh, you know, adds to that story. So I, I love that concept that, yeah, we, the internet is just a thing. It's like a thing we use and we all get used to it. And anything that was geek or it even feels geek now, like the idea of VR, I think, feels quite geek now. That's probably still in the geek world. Um but it's mainly just because it's got loads of wires. Yeah, it's got loads of wires. Once they've got rid of the wires, yeah. we'll, and once it looks like a pair of nice uh, glasses, yeah. we'll be like, "This is fucking brilliant. This is great." Um, and so, yeah, I, I think all of this technology is going to soon be stuff that we just don't care about. The only thing I'm nervous about is the point at which we start plugging things into our own brains because that'll happen. I think even has Elon Musk been talking about it. I think the idea that we can sort of change, alter, whatever, which is I know when I have kids, their generation will probably be like, that's so easy and straightforward and why wouldn't you do it? 
and I'll be like like my gran was when the email came out and just be like, but what do they know about me? <laughs> you know, what can they, they can change my mind. Why would they do that? And I will feel freaked out by it. I don't want and to be cyber. Be like, yeah, exactly. I don't want to be cyber. Um, and yet my kids will be like, oh, come on, seriously. It's just like plugging a thing into your brain. <laughs> <laughs> what are you worried about, great granddad? What are you worried about, granddad? Yeah. I, I, I look forward to, um, to some of that future i i i have to yeah. like the idea and i i i think we will get to a point and we're, we're just sort of wish casting now but um yeah i like the idea that and there's there's the part of me that's slightly old that knows this is a bad idea but i like the idea that we don't ever have to really know anything in terms of like facts you want to know things about your friends and 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 your family and and the people you love and 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 your job and that kind of stuff yeah but like facts we don't need to know when the battle of agincourt is because our brain you know we just have this thing in our brain that just goes look that up in the directory and there we go i know that so i can speak it or use that information and then i don't need to retain it anymore it's gone and when people have a go at me for or have in the past, you know, for looking something up on your phone. I'm always like, I have two choices here. I can I can look it up and have the answer. Um, and if I don't, or if I don't rely on this technology, I'm just a weird idiot, <laughs> like who knows nothing. <laughs> and and it's not my reliance on the technology. It's that the technology allows me to do a thing I just couldn't do otherwise. Do you want the answer <laughs> to the information, or do you want me to sit here and go um uh, 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 for ten minutes? Well, also, there is now a new skill that I think we've all developed, which is in that situation we talked about very early on about what if uh, you're trying to think of a person from a film, you can't remember who they were, you can't remember what the film was, you can't remember the other person who was in the film, but whatever. You, there, somehow, all of us have this new skill where you can pick up your phone, type something in and get to that information like really quickly and easily and go, I didn't know who that person was, but I've just remembered the word biscuits. And if I type that into... This oh brilliant yeah he was in the film um corporate biscuits <laughs> I don't know um, I would watch that and then yeah I'd watch it I'm uh, I'm let's work mm-hmm. on that if we chat about yeah, that afterwards cool. as well as the um Kickstarter um then then I can have all that information at my fingertips so much easier I uh, have been watching a lot of uh, I've been rewatching House and um oh, I'm on like this is uh, like second and a half rewatch or whatever and uh, I, I I keep finding people that uh, are in other shows that I like um and. IMDb is terrible for getting specific episodes of a TV show. Um, but Google, I can say the episode where the man's brain explodes or whatever. And and it gets me, it's it unfailingly got me to the right episode every single time. I could just be like house brain on fire, uh, actor, who, you know, psychiatrist. And it's like, boom, it was this guy, Dirk Engelsby. Yes, there you go. It's incredible because, and it's only because so many other people have done the same thing. It's not that Google's built in that way. It's just that so many other people have done the same thing that Google's like, oh, okay, we've got a pathway to this information. It's amazing. It's amazing. And what I what is more sort of exciting about the internet to me is the fact that I, I was looking at something for work yesterday. And I was like, I can't remember. I was like, let's say it was the top richest people or or the oh no it was the it was the it was steves i was looking up even though it's my name it was for something else but we needed to a list of, of steves was. and i go someone's made a list of celebrity steves and i love that that's happened like that person spent loads of hours and i'm really grateful to that person for for doing so because it makes my We're life all standing easy. on the shoulders of giants exactly exactly yeah 
So this was Steve. What a, what a spectacular guest. Uh, it was a really, really fun chat. Um, and uh, there is extra chat available. Uh, if, if you want a little bit more, uh, we go into um, all sorts of, of, of other stuff, um, more relating to, to video games. Uh, and and one of my uh, one of my picks, um, and you can get that by going to pod.fan slash list envy. Um, if you give us a couple of quid a month, um, you will help me get to the point where I can uh, afford to get episodes of this podcast transcribed. I don't talk a lot about it, um, but uh, it would be uh, a great help to uh, support the show. And as I said, the the goal is to um, is to get a little bit of money, a little bit of scratch together, so that we can uh, transcribe the episode uh, and the episodes uh, because it's uh, it's an expensive process. So um, that's that's that. Um, you'll learn a little bit more about Steve and his work in just a tick when we get to actually. Um, Putting the list together, um, but uh, if you want uh, extra stuff, there is uh, there are things available uh, at listenvypod.com/newsletter uh, every week. Mostly, uh, I actually got it out this week. I was a good boy. I sent out the newsletter. Uh, um, it might have been a day. It might have been a day late, but at least it was there. Um, yes. So uh, if you want that, which has got links to things that you won't get on the podcast, um, then then do that. Also, every episode comes with really uh, usually uh, quite extensive show notes. Um, so if you're interested in delving deeper into the things that we talked about, or you just want to uh, have a read through. Um, maybe there's the odd Easter egg in there, who knows, uh, then uh, you'll find them on your, your podcasting app of choice, but also at listenvypod.com. Uh, so all the all the links and, and, and everything, including links to, to my guests' uh, many and various works, uh, you will, you'll find them all there. So uh, let us get back to uh, building our final list of top five things that are geeky, that aren't really geeky, that are sort of geeky. That aren't really geeky. So we've got to combine these. We do, we do. Um, I've got, a, I've built a provisional uh, top five list out of uh, out of our combinations. Um, so let me hit you with this and and see um, if you want to, you know, what what to, tweaks you want to make. All right. Uh, so f- uh, from five to one, I've gone collections or collecting collections. Okay. Yeah. Knowing how to use gadgets, board games, conventions, and then Star Wars. Right. Yes. I think I Star Wars totally definitely number one. Yeah. Um, I think, interesting, I think we can also slightly combine Star Wars and Game of Thrones in a weird way, because I think that start, the, the things we were both talking about in those were the, the essentially really big things that everyone knows. Genre fiction. Sort of thing. Genre fiction. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, a, that's really good. I think the, um, I was trying to look at what else we had. Yeah, video games, I think we'll never fully pull video games out of being nerd culture. No. I, I don't know it's why um, it, it's got <laughs> buttons it's on it's on technology yep. yeah um, so even though everyone plays it on their phone in the toilet it's, it's one of those things yeah um, yeah they do yeah, that I'm, in the shame I'm times you know what I mean the, the toilet yeah. toilet times are shame times <laughs> yeah but I love is, is even with technology now I go into the toilet and come out smarter than <laughs> I always come out with the facts you go oh did you know that it costs like 5p to dye a toilet roll <laughs> Or something, you know. Um, like, yeah, I mean, it's even better yeah. if you've got a toilet roll that's printed with a little fact on them. <laughs> Which is also another thing we should get on the Kickstarter. Yeah, oh my God, we, there's so many ideas. Um, so uh, much money is oh, going to be made out of this podcast. Uh, so collectibles or collecting, knowing how to use gadgets, board games, conventions, and uh, genre slash science fiction. Um, Steve Dawson, do you consent to this list? I do consent to this list. Um. Steve, this has been an absolute pleasure. Um, Such joy and a long one. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Um, 
I I want to know uh, about Mind Canyon and where people can find it and you and your other work, please. Excellent. So yes, I do a podcast. Podcast. Let's start again. I do a podcast. I've got to work on this pitch. Um, I do a podcast called Mind Canyon, which is an improvised podcast, which I do with a actor called Charlie Kemp uh, and various other improvisers from around around London. Um, it is on anywhere where you can look for podcasts. It's called Mind Canyon. But what we do, which is my level of nerd that I add to this, is that it's soundscaped and uh, sort of produced with an inch of its life. So once we've improvised, we take it away and we we put like the effects and the mic qualities and stuff that would be if we were making a uh, radio lab. It's essentially an improvised version of radio lab with silly ideas uh that never sounds good when you pitch them but that's what it is check it out just have a listen link um, is in the show notes yes link is in the show notes thanks oh great good work i didn't have to do anything um and uh yeah other than that i um i'm a writer i work as part of a writing team called the dawson brothers um we currently at the moment there was uh there's been a christmas special on sky called cinderella after ever after that we did, wrote with david williams um which uh i think i imagine will still be on now tv um what else is out that we're doing uh there will be a series of uh, answer deck saturday night takeaway coming up um in february which we're also working on some sketches for that uh so yeah i, I think those are the main those are the main things to look out for superb um and uh, where can people find you on uh on tinterweb uh are oh, you on the twitters and the things I, I am if you go for s dawson uh, at s dawson bros uh for twitter and for um i'm actually now racking my brain oh i'm i'm the tronic on uh instagram oh, love it. um so yeah uh so find me there steve dawson thank you so much for uh for getting uh, nerdy with me uh on on list envy this has been an absolute pleasure thank you very much 